It's hard to start, isn't it? It is hard to start, but I'm going to start <laughs> right now. I interrupted you yeah, on, the just... up, on the upward breath. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been so annoying. I was ready to go. You've ruined right. it. Sorry. I... No. Welcome back to the Mixforge podcast. Hi. Yeah, we're back. It's Neil and Ben. Here we are again. What episode is this? Well, this is episode three. Now, episode one has already been dropped. Ep one has dropped. Series one, ep one is out and a few people have listened. Yeah. Um, Which is quite nice. (laughs) It is nice because I wasn't expecting anyone to listen and... Because I'm quite useless, uh, I'd done no work towards this. So I didn't deserve anyone to listen to it. But thankfully, all your hard work, learning how to do this with your other podcast, Drum and Drummer, getting everything in place, and then your drive to actually release, edit it and release it and post about it on social media has meant some people have listened to it, which was a nice feeling. Yeah, and it's also... You can listen directly to it on the website. There's a new page on the website called Podcast. It's on there. What's the website, Ben? Oldblacksmiths.com. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it's all out there. I made a nice little bit of artwork. And yeah, did what I do, because I now sort of know what to do. You're the admin warrior. (laughs) The admin. Give me a spreadsheet and I'll fill it in. (laughs) You know? I'll turn that thing green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you set up a music studio. <laughs> yeah, because I actually, but I need a lot of spreadsheets yeah. to run this place. Yeah. Which True. is key. It's key. Yeah. People just see the glory of a mix. But the spreadsheets, mm. they are f- vast. Keeps the mixes going. <laughs> so, episode, as we speak... Episode one has dropped. Episode one has dropped. Yes, the old Blacksmith Studios, a history, part one, 2000 to 2011. Yes. And uh, 24 hours after episode one had dropped, I re- we got some correspondence, Ben. We did. quite Yeah, quite quickly, which was nice. Um, so I woke up the next morning and a friend of ours, Matt Allen, mm-hmm. had, uh, had messaged me. With a YouTube link, which I always get a bit nervous when I'm just <laughs> out of nowhere. Sent, yeah, kids, avert your eyes. Don't, a know what, don't know what this could be. From a drummer, from a middle-aged drummer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I clicked the link. Anyway, he did send a message before I clicked the link saying, Morning, Neil. I very much enjoyed ep one of your Blacksmiths podcast. If you can see past my novice attempt at overdubbing the audio, the link above video was recorded at the old Fratton Blacksmiths, possibly in 2004. May well be among the only remaining video memories of the live room, so thought it may be of interest. Mm. It is of interest. Um, fuck it, I'm just gonna pl- I'll just play a bit. Ben. 
that was him blending the recording in over the rehearsal. So, I imagine we could have put a link to that somewhere. We'll put a link in the episode description. Um, that is a band called The Ridgeway. Okay. Um, who, it triggered the memory of, yeah, when I first started working here, that was something that Rich was working on. And it includes Matt Allen, as you spoke about, who uh, I know I first met when I produced the Bee of the Bang album, the first Bee of the Bang album, and I was blown away by what an incredible drummer he was. Uh, and you've since worked with Matt Allen yeah, and, and Rich King, King yeah. who are both wearing, both in that video, sporting lovely frilly red shirts. Yeah, I worked with them with um, their band Van Gosh. Just such a good fun band. Very silly songs, but yet they're such good musicians and the songs are really good. So it's not just like it's silly and shit. Forget the silliness. They're just really good songs as well yes um yeah i've worked with them a few they're, times they're brilliant uh, a friend of mine matt simpson who's not currently involved with you know music at all just loves them i remember he was like oh, have you heard of this band van gosh i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep, they are awesome and it's tinged with a little bit of sadness for me that one because when matt, matt knew me and so when they originally got in touch to record i was gonna do it and I can't actually, I think I was poorly or something. This is quite often what happens in this industry, isn't it? Where you, I was going to record Van Gosh and we didn't really know a lot about them. And then I was poorly or something, couldn't do it. And you take it on, done a cracking job and just had a lovely old time recording a really good old Yeah. Good well, I definitely, I'm pretty sure it's the first time I worked with them. It was the weekend just before lockdown. So COVID was a real thing and it was like, something's gonna happen here. And me and Rich were, Rich Keane were communicating all week as to, is this session actually gonna happen? And we, we, we did go through with it. And then the next day was, you're in lockdown. You know, everyone stay at home. And yeah, so it was a real touch and go whether that session was actually gonna happen. Um, but we did it. Was there a wig involved? Yes. A... So we got the, um, when we moved on to vocals, we were just struggling a bit to get the energy of the vocals sort of. Is that because you had this pandemic <laughs> weighing over your minds? And... I think so. But I think in general, like tracking vocals is very different to performing live. And when, it, when it's live, there is so much energy in the adrenaline things and when you're recording it's very different when you're just in a room with a microphone and it's just coming through headphones and it was good but we just kind of like we just need to get that energy up and van gosh famously wear ridiculous costumes as the video if you watch the video yeah i mean that what they wear now is <clears throat> the two the two members in the ridgeway wearing the silly clothes are the two members who are in van gosh yeah apparently. um so i said to rich have you got 
your, one of your outfits or your one of the songs was called Wigs. It was about wigs. And I said, have you got a wig with you? And he's like, yeah, I've got the full outfit. So he went to his van and he came back in a full gold <laughs> sort of uh, tracksuit with this crazy long blonde wig. And then we just cranked up some ACDC in the control room and just essentially danced around, just getting pumped up. And it was like, right, go, go, go. Let's track the vocals. And straight away it was like, yep, that's, that's it. That's wigs. That's wigs. Where can you hear wigs? It's released, isn't it? Yes. Bandcamp. I'm pretty sure it's on Bandcamp. Not Van Spotify. Gosh. I don't think so, yeah. no. But yeah, I think Bandcamp. And then they came back last summer and we did a few more tracks and then they put them together as an EP. So Van Gosh. Van Gosh. On Bandcamp. On Check Bandcamp. them out. You yeah. will not regret it. Yeah. There's a song about talking dogs, a song about wigs. There's a song about comparing his wife to a breeze block. <laughs> it's da dangerous ground. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think it gets away with it. It's the line. Yeah. yeah. Great band. Yeah, really good fun. I thought about a feature for us. Yeah. Which is, what have you been doing? What are you going to be doing? Yeah. We could possibly get a catchier title. Yeah. But I think I, w you and me always have chats about what we've been doing at the studio and what we're going to be doing. And yeah. I just feel like that could be interesting. So yeah. Ben, what have you been doing? I have been working with a band called Young Pine. I've worked with them several times. I did an EP with them in the old studio upstairs. And then since moving into the new studio, I think this is single number four we've done. So yeah, they were in the other day. Good young local band. What type of song? Uh, sort of indie, but goes heavy at the end. Um, Always difficult to mix that. Yeah. And I'm guessing you've not mixed it yet. No, no. I am, um, not that I go on social media very often, but I did have a swipe and I saw on Instagram, I think they posted a photo <laughs> yeah. and I thought it was really nice. It was because they, they recorded shortly before the pandemic. Yes. And then they and then did a photo from your session the other day. I think they were saying how lovely it is. To, it's been like two years away. Yeah. And how lovely it was to be back. Yeah. So we replicated, tried to replicate the pose. See, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good song. This is actually going to be interesting because there's the chorus has a swear word in it, but they want a clean version as well. So it's having to navigate with efficiency how we have a clean clean it up and uh you're just muting it and, and actually uh, the different word so different word um but the verses what's the different word so the chorus line is i've been fucking my ex again oh dear yeah <laughs> yeah so the clean version is i've been texting my ex again. Oh, okay it's good it's good yeah it's good originally it was i was seeing my ex again but on the day we all agreed texting we went through other ones. I've been emailing my ex again. I've been BBMing my ex again. I've been, fax, been faxing texting, my ex again. Texting, paging my ex. Texting not only works best because it's got the ing. Mm. got the ing sound. So it's a very same amount of syllables. Fucking texting. But it's mean it. it yeah. Obviously, slightly softer. Yeah. But yeah. The good. sentiment is the same. Yeah. Yeah. But the verse has also had some swear words in. And my suggestion was actually the cle the verses are clean in both versions, but we do have the chorus 
has a definitive clean end. But from a sort of production point of view, it's like, well, the chorus is, you know, I think we've triple tracked the lead vocal. Uh, thankfully, the BVs aren't on the swear word. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That's it's a lot of work. It's a, it's lot, a lot of work of just to switch. Kids, it's a lot of work <laughs> to clean up your dirty little songs. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to think ahead, don't you? You have to think ahead about how is this going to work and make sure you get everything you need on the day. So you have to kind of try and predict the future and not get yourself in a muddle with, I've got two versions of these choruses and I've got to make sure that they both go through the same process and then I... Just get your spreadsheets out again, Ben. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What have you been doing, Nelly Boy? Um, So just finished the final mix of a song from our good friend Archie Macchione. Is that how you say it? Macchione. 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 Um, Macchione. Uh, he's done a cracking, cracking little EP, hasn't he, Ben? Of he, he's a, he's a solo artist, so he doesn't have a band, but he's he loves that noughties indie sound, doesn't he? You know, Killers, Killers would be the one, maybe. Yeah. And he, when was it? Was it about a year ago? He came in to do the first song from this EP, superhero song. Yeah. And got Ben. A session drum on it big time uh essentially just came in with a little garage band project which he'd recorded on his phone yeah because that's that's what people can do now so lots of little synth lines and some vocal lines and then essentially you laid down some drums i laid down some bass and guitar and we tracked everything else and he just he's just written a cracking idea for a song which is in it i imagine this will resonate with a lot of people which is what great songwriting does he was really into Marvel as a kid, still is. And he, the song is about how being a, an adult, grown-up life is not turning out like the Marvel comics, is it? This yeah. sort of superhero world. Uh, real life is a lot more challenging and there isn't any superhero coming to save him. And so just a great concept for a song. And then he came back, how long... Goodbye in the movies. It wasn't that long ago, was it? I think the key line in that superhero yeah. song is, the sentiment is, I thought I was Spider-Man, but I'm actually Peter Parker. And it just yeah. resonates. And yeah. everyone I've played, it's not been released yet, but I've played it. Oh, it has been released. Sorry, it's the first. Uh, it's a single, yeah. First song. It hasn't been released. Yeah. Uh, my kids love it. Uh, <laughs> they're always like, Daddy, can you put the superhero song on? Resonates with kids. I've got friends I've played it too, and they just they just love it. Um, so he just knocked it out of the park with that song. And I think he realised that because he came back earlier this year. Yes. And did the second song called Goodbye in the Movies, which has not been released Don't yet. I think so. And essentially similar concept, but this time referencing loads of like 90s movies and 90s TV shows. Yeah. And sort of against, again, it's that sort of juxtaposition of real life up against how things play out in the movies. And then uh, the song I finished mixing this week, staying on that theme, is called Fictional Woman, and it's all about books. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, actually, I'm, I'm terrible at really digesting lyrics. We're not lyric guys. No, we're then? not. We're not. We're, we're all about that, you know, the beat, the, the rhythm, what's going on with the arrangement, what's the melody doing, what the harmony is doing, but really, really listening and focusing hard on the lyrics uh 
but essentially it's about possibly a woman he's very attracted to who's into books as i you listen to it when it comes out and you tell me what it's about <laughs> it's very good so that's a cracking little ep he's done there and it's going to be really interesting to see what how he how well he gets on when he starts trying to do it live because it's all very band orientated isn't it yeah yet archie is kind of a solo artist and where he goes in the future with it because he's definitely onto something and we've seen him from sort of little 17 year old sort of blossom into this early 20s now so yeah that's what i've been working on lovely Right, Ben, you had a spreadsheet about what episode three was going was gonna to be about. Yeah, well, we've talked, you know, there's been a part one and two, episodes one and two, a history of the Blacksmiths. But I kind of thought a common thing that when we get recording inquiries, whether it's from people we know or, or potentially potential new clients, is I have to, I guess it's a case of some people don't really know what happens when they when they 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 they're in a band or they're a solo artist they want to record and they don't necessarily understand the process and it's not their fault at all and sometimes I'll explain it over email or meet with them in person here at the studio show them around and just sort of explain essentially like from start to finish what happens because for us it's just bread and butter we know exactly what that process is and i think some people don't fully understand what what's involved or have sort of i don't know how films are made yeah i i, I have there's a camera yeah and then they, i have ideas in my head about how it's done yeah but the reality i think it would blow your mind yes, yes. what actually goes into making a film and, and, and i think and the same could be said about recording music to yeah. a high and a very extreme term. example is and this is a hybrid of hypothetical and some real inquiries is we want to come and record a song can we book an hour <laughs> oh, oh we laugh ben oh how we laughed an hour an hour and what I can think, you do in a, an hour ben i can get the kit up and tuned and some mics up maybe some leads out <laughs> um and then I think that comes from a real, you know, that's an extreme case. And I think they think they come in, the mics are all set up, and they basically just have to play the song through a few times while we hit record. And then we just move some faders, export. There's your song. A little bit more involved than that, Neil, isn't there? Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought it would be good to maybe talk about this could be a useful resource for people if they are thinking about recording that just has a kind of an explanation of what's involved. And, you know, another element is people ask, how much is it to record? And I tell them and they're shocked at the price. Again, because... They don't realise how much work is involved to make something sound good and record it properly and mix it properly. Um, and, and part of the problem is we're only interested in recording something that properly. 
Yeah. That we can sound good. We, we only we, want to do stuff to the best, we, best we, of our we ability. We ain't taking shortcuts. It's no. just not. And another common question we get, you know, an email inquiry is people go, I want to record a song. How much is it? With very to little information. And we kind of need a little bit more info from mm. you. Yeah. Because that can change things a lot depending on what you're doing. And I always think if you go to someone who puts fences up and you just go, I want a fence, how much is it? Well, they're going to ask you, well, how big is your garden? How what, mm. how many sides am I doing? What yeah. what type of wood do you want? What type of fence? What colour? All these things because it all affects the quote. And so very common, I email back and nicely and just say, you know, yeah, great. Can you tell us a bit more info? You know, are you a band? Are you a singer, solo artist? And you never hear back from them. And you go, well, they're not. They're the ones, but people who email and have a little bit of an idea what's going on will reply and be like, oh yeah, we're a four-piece band, we play this sort of thing, you know. So I guess I kind of, I'm more than happy to explain it to people through email or in person or over the phone, but I thought it would be good to kind of maybe enlighten some people as to that, that process, because some of it is done in the dark without the client here. Um, so how do we go from you get in touch to... We send you a final master. How do we? How do we? How'd you get in touch? Email. You can email us studio at oldblacksmiths.com. You can visit our website, oldblacksmiths.com. There's also a contact form in there. You can uh, put your name and number and things like that. We will get back to you. Or you can give us a call, 02392 670 UK. We want details, people. <laughs> we want to know how many songs you want to do. Genre, lineup of the band, yeah, instruments involved, approximate length of song. A pro length of song is quite crucial. Yeah, hey, takes a lot longer to do a six-minute song than it does a three-minute song. So they've got in touch. They've got in touch. We've got the information. Yeah. So we want to find out more about what you're looking to do. Is it a single? Is it an EP? Is it an album? Yeah. We like to even ask: Have you got any previous stuff recorded? Have you got any social That's media? That's great. That's so useful to hear. Yeah. Isn't it? And even if it's just your iPhones in the rehearsal room, it just really helps us oh, gauge yeah. what you're doing and how we will then go about the so, project. So often people are very like, oh, I don't, oh, I don't, it sounds rubbish. I don't want to. It doesn't matter. Like, no, we're not judging. We're not judging your no. recording. That's why you're coming here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We we don't want it to be really good recording because then we're a bit like, okay. <laughs> um, but it just really helps us get a picture in our heads of what you are and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, and the main thing is how much you want to do just determines how long you need to book in the studio you know because we have a pretty good idea of how long it's going to take so a band saying i want to do an album can we book a day well that's just impossible and on the flip side can we book two days we want to do a song well you probably don't need two days you know so there's just a good we like to just i like to build up a, a good communication with the client and gain as much info from them as i can and impart as much and and give them the opportunity to ask questions about anything about the process about the price all that sort of thing <coughs> and some people want to come in and see the studio and we will arrange a time and i'll show them around and and then the next thing is you know they go yes we want to record it's booking a date 
So depending on what you want to record, we'll have a good idea of how long you'll need in the studio. And this is just for recording. This is just for the tracking. And I'd say, you know, working with Young Pine the other day, we tracked, and I think in total it was about six and a half hours to get a song. And that song was only two minutes 20. So longer song, it would have taken us maybe the full day. And these guys knew what they, they were doing as well. Um, yeah, we book the dates in, depending on what they want to do. We take a deposit, which is key. <laughs> it really is key. We ask for a non-refundable deposit, which secures the date in the studio and the engineer. And thankfully these days, people pay the deposits. And that just means you can't just then decide to change your mind and not turn up. And we've got an empty studio for a day that we can't fill. I think it's more than anything. It's like a, it's like a show us that we're really serious about this. We're yeah. really serious about recording your music and giving it everything. Are you serious about it? Yeah. And if you're not willing to pay a deposit or take the time to pay, then you, you're not taking it seriously in the sense. Yeah, we, we, we could we just, there's no protection for us. We could just, it's happened so many times years ago when we didn't do deposits. I'm here on a Saturday morning, ready to go. And then an hour, you know, half an hour goes by, an hour goes by, and you're like, they're not turning up, are they? Uh, and the deposit just kind of protects against that, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so let's move forward to, it's day one of tracking. Yeah, I think we should talk about, so it's a very common, and I think I think this is interesting to talk about, where people quite often like the idea of doing it live. And what, what, mm. what people mean by that is, oh, it'd be really great to all just do it, just set everything up and all be in the room at the same time. So drummer, bass player, guitarist, keyboard player, vocalist. And, and I know this because I've been on both sides of it. Because back in 2010 kind of time, I got it into my little brain. I was like, I really, it'd be really great to just set the band up instead of doing it individually. So just doing the drums and then let's all get in the room and it'll be really great because we'll vibe off each other. And it just, and I heard Foo Fighters recorded their album like this. And, and then when we did it, the reality was, oh, we keep messing up. And the problem is when you're recording it all at the same time, if one person messes up, it messes it up for everyone. And the sound quality is rubbish because you think if a singer is in the same room as the drum kit, you've got this extremely loud drum kit that's just washing all over the singer's microphone. It just taints the singer, the vocals with a load of what we call cymbal bleed and just nasty stuff that means the vocals don't sound very good. Yeah. And there's nothing nothing we can do about that. So we always... I think people think as well that, that doing it live, they'll save time. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's completely opposite. And you'll just want to overdub everything anyway. Now, what I will say is I'm not... It's not that I'm 100% anti. I am 100% anti all just going in the same room. But there are ways... Personally, I feel vocals should always be done separately. Yeah. And in the industry, they, they are. They are. Yeah. If you've read your bands said they all went in the same room and did it, they didn't. They redid it. Yeah. 
I'm not anti. I'm not anti the bass player tracking. If it, if it if if you really feel like your bass is going to lock in better with your drums, that's fine. But what we wouldn't do is set the bass amp up in the same room as the drum kit. We'd yeah. have a separate room, or we we take what we call a DI signal. So I do. There are scenarios where where and and quite often, what a guide, Ben. What a guide. A guide track. Um, it's a rough recording of usually bass guitar and a vocal that we can then send to the drummer in his headphones so he's got something to play along to and we use that opportunity to record the guides so we can get the right bpm we can make any assessments of the, the song structure and we can get it in pro tools and map it out and see what the song's doing and then we can just yeah we're giving the drummer the track to play along yeah, yeah. to Sounds and then eventually those guides will be replaced <clears throat> by the real recording but i guess so day, you know recording day one one of the things yeah to do is the guide track that's 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 key and the other thing is setting up the fucking drums mm, not, not a quick job not a quick job but ben why can't you do it before the session starts <laughs> oh great great question um because it's part of the job and we should get paid for being doing the job. Um, so drums, we like people to bring in whatever they've got. Bring in what you got, and we'll have a look at what you got. And we also have some great in-house drum gear and some of my drum gear. And it's getting the drum kit set up, and then it's getting the drum kit mic'd up. We'll do another episode detailed on drum recording and mm. things. But what do you reckon? It's like an hour and a half. To get the drums up and mic'd up, it's a, it's a big job. It's, it's a big job. The drums are the big, as we'll get into on another episode. It's the biggest technical challenge that yeah. we we have to do because essentially a drum kit is a kit. It's a collection of different instruments that you're recording all at once. So you need a collection of microphones to capture the entire sound yeah. of the drum kit. I'd say it's between twelve and fourteen mics we yeah. put up. Fourteen mics. Fourteen mics. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's time consuming, but to got to get it right. Yeah. To get to get the drum sounds we get, it's what what has to be done. But actually, yeah. an hour and a half is. And you can't mic it up till the drummer's got everything where he wants it. Yes. So that's why we can't have. It all and set the up drummer before. is always the last one to arrive <laughs> at quarter past ten. And then it's getting getting uh, headphone levels for the drummer. Once the drums are all sound check, it's then sending those guide tracks and the click and getting the drummer comfortable with, with all those volumes in their headphones. And then you just rack up some takes. Yeah. If all goes well, you don't need that many takes. But there'll be issues, there'll be timing issues, there'll be things you need to maybe tweak or change. And as a producer, you might suggest things like what you're doing there doesn't quite work or you need to follow the bass in that bit or follow the vocal. Um, so maybe a bit of production involved. Then you get the drums done, and it's usually lunchtime. You know, we are, yeah, we we get multiple takes, don't we? Yes, four or five takes generally, but it can be yeah. less. And you get and to it the can peak. be a lot more. <laughs> but we we can cut together different takes. Yeah, and you have to, we can punch in as well. But you know, one of the things you have to be careful of is is the fact that we've you've got so many microphones and drum kits, whether it's a snare, toms, or cymbals, they have a tail to them. And that tail gets picked up by all the microphones. And so you've got to be wary of cymbal bleed 
and things. So you can't, you have to, if you're punching in, you have to dovetail it by getting the drummer to do a bit of the previous section and go in because you can't just have a, a crash cymbal just suddenly cut out or things just, rings of drums just sort of stop. So that's something to be wary of. Um, it's not like a monophonic instrument like bass where you can just chop and there's no... Yes, yeah, so on the other side of the technical difficulties, bass is bass guitar is one of the easiest things yeah. generally to track. Yeah, uh, and then we'd yeah get the drums done, maybe do a little comp on the day if we just need to piece some bits together. Then uh, by comp, Ben means cutting together different takes. Yeah, so that you've got a take. so like this take was good, but the chorus one wasn't the best. So I'm just gonna. Do you know what comp is short for? Uh, the comp comp controller. <laughs> yes. No, it's I I believe it's short for compile. Oh. Yeah. So compile yeah, different yeah. things together. That makes, makes sense. sense that makes it? sense. Yeah. Not compress, which is quite often confused with it. That's yeah. a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah, and then we essentially just go through the rest of the band, and it will be a case of right. We've got the guide base. Delete that or mute it set up the bass world could be a di could just could be an amp as well then guitars and that's when you know that can be a lot more stuff going on any keys vocals we just go through and then sort of on backing vocals and then we basically have your song it's all recorded but it still sounds dog shit but it but but on the day on the day it sounds, it sounds amazing great. And what that is, and I learned this as a little little eighteen year old, and I think most musicians have been through this, where you go, you go and do your first recording day ever, and it's really exciting, and you record your songs, and the engineer has it pumping really loud through their good speakers. And it has to be loud because you have to feel the energy of the song. And then at the end of the day, you sort of go, oh, can you, is it all right if you just bounce, bounce down what we've recorded? I know it's not the mix, but just so I can have a listen to it tomorrow. And then you listen to it tomorrow and you're like, oh, it sounds awful. Yeah. It's got no energy. It's dull. It's a it's dirt. dry. Yeah. yeah. It's out of time. It's out of tune. It's, it's truly raw. Truly raw. It is an unprocessed, just. Yeah. Um, so we don't like giving you a bounce of the song on the day because we know you'll listen to it tomorrow and go, that's rubbish. Yeah. What have I paid for? That's rubbish. We ben need to do it all rubbish. again. The old blacksmith's rubbish. Yeah. This is all rubbish. Throw it in the bin. Yeah. And also, but also we want you to have fresh ears when yeah. you come to hear the mix. Yeah. Because if you just listen to that rough bounce for the next couple of weeks, you're going to be sick of it you're going to have built up this really bad preconception of what you've recorded and then the mix just won't. So when at the end of a brilliant day, you're like, oh, can we take away just a bounce down of what we recorded? When we say no, it's not just, we're not being assholes. Yeah, it's, just... it's for your best, it's for everyone's <laughs> it's for, benefit. It's for the song to be as good as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that is the, the client musicians yeah. saying fresh to it because yeah. by the time we finished the mix we are not fresh to it we are no we don't know what's what anymore and the it? other thing we do on that day is take your money <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay us 
<laughs> Please. Neil, I think this is another two-parter, mate. Oh, yeah. We've done it again. It's just so much stuff to talk about. I think it's going to be a common theme, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that's a little bit, you know, booking and that's rough. We're going to go into all these different factions of tracking and stuff in, in a lot more detail, but maybe that gives you an idea of you get in touch and then what happens and then the day of recording itself. But as we know, every session's different. Every project is different. People are different. But that's the rough framework, really. And if you want to come record with us, get in touch. Studio at oldblacksmiths.com. Visit the website, oldblacksmiths.com. All the social medias, sort of there. But yeah, we'll come back with another episode and talk about what happens after you've recorded and you've gone home on a lovely, lovely recording high. Mm. <laughs> we'll see you then.